Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Hey, have you brought your Bibles today? Why don't you turn to Isaiah chapter 40? We're gonna go Old Testament today. If you didn't bring your Bible today, the the words are gonna be on the screen in just a second, but we're gonna go Isaiah 40. We're gonna read 28 through 31. But before we read, I got a question for you. How many of you are tired? You'd say, I came in tired this morning. Maybe you didn't have coffee. You didn't stop at the Mission Cafe. We love the Mission Cafe. They are awesome. Yes, they are. But, but maybe you're tired physically, you didn't get good sleep, maybe you're tired emotionally, and you are ready for something to change. Anybody tired of being tired? Well, this scripture right here is going to encourage you today. Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31, it says, have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. Doesn't that sound good? We serve a God who does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. You can't Google and figure out our God. It's unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary. Pastor Paul, young adults, they get tired too. Anybody out there get tired? Young adults, where you at again? See if you can get louder this time. We got, we got to work on the, we got to work on that. <laughs> Even the youths get tired and grow weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But listen to this. But they who wait, everybody say wait. Wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. Today, I want to talk to you for a moment. If you're taking notes, I've titled this message, Wait, Don't Quit. Wait, Don't Quit. Why don't you pray with me? God, we thank you for your word. God, we stand on your word today. When nothing else makes sense in our life, when we are tired, we read the word of God and you build us up. And Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts today. God, speak through me and use me today to encourage our church. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. In the summer of 2020, somehow, two friends of mine convinced me to run a marathon. Anybody in here marathon runners? Oh, that was a real quiet. I see a couple hands, I see you, look. This was not my thing. Now, Susan Rogers, who serves as a, leads our Empower 225, our nonprofit ministry, she's amazing. I don't think there's anything she can't do. So it was her and Allison, who serves on our communications team, and she is an amazing athlete. The girl can do anything she tries. She is awesome. And they were like, hey, run a marathon with us. I can't say no to challenges. I can't. It kills me. I can't. Now, what you need to know about me is in high school, I was a sprinter. So the longest race I'd ever ran was 200 meters. I like it like that, right? You start, you finish, the pain is over with fast. And you get to celebrate. Endurance is not for me. Anybody else, you're like, nope, no long distance, I don't like that. In fact, our world, we do not like to wait. 
Can I get an amen? amen? I hate waiting. Call the customer care center and you're waiting and they say, your wait time is, and they pause. How many hold your breath when you're waiting? I don't even like waiting for them to tell me my wait time. And then they say, 32 minutes, and I fall on the floor. That's how much I cannot stand to wait. You know, Ritz-Carlton, the hotel um, company, said they did a study in the 90s. And they wanted to know at what point do people get angry if they haven't been helped. In the 90s, three minutes. A person could walk into the foyer and wait for three minutes. If it got to the fourth minute, they were done. 2017, same study done. 20 seconds. What happened to us? I would hate to see what that would look like in 2022. We do not like to wait. I don't like to wait. I don't like to endure because endure usually means pain. And I don't like pain. I don't know anybody in here who would raise their hand and say, I love pain. I love to wait, unless you do CrossFit. Then maybe you like pain. But I don't like pain. I don't like to wait. I don't like to endure. It means prolonged pain. That's what endurance means. Prolonged pain. And the moment we feel pain, we're out. Anybody else? I'm, I'm done. I'm out. So when I read scriptures in Isaiah that say run and not grow weary, that sounds awesome. How do I get that? How do I run and not grow weary? You know that word weary in that portion of scripture doesn't mean physical tired. It means exhaustion from the hardness of life. Run and not grow weary. I don't know where you are today. You may be exhausted. Life is just throwing all kinds of things at you. And there's moments where that word comes up that nobody likes to say, but that word quit crosses your mind. In our house, we have these sayings we say as a family. One of them is, Stroops don't quit. Stroops don't quit. Now, I was playing Monopoly with my kids the other day, and that is a long game. And I was ready to be done. And I'm getting ready to be done, and this is what River says, Mom, Stroops don't quit. But if I can be honest with you today, there are times where I want to quit. Times where I want to quit laundry, I'm done. There's a we have six people in our house. It doesn't matter how much laundry you do in one day. And also, where are the socks? Where do they go? Where is that second sock? I can never find it. I'd rather just buy a new pack. Let's go. I'm not searching for the sock anymore. I want to quit eating healthy, right? Is it really worth it? It's hard, it's expensive, and it doesn't taste good sometimes. Can I get an amen? And a few weeks ago, I remember getting a text from a friend and being so frustrated, so frustrated because she, she's in the middle of something right now and she just doesn't want to listen to God. And I had this moment, I know I'm not supposed to say this as a pastor, but I wanted to quit. I wanted to give up and I thought about the people who are sitting in this room. I thought about the people I've had conversations with in the last couple of weeks that have been through so much. I thought about a friend of mine who's going through divorce and feels alone. And in this time, she has grown so much closer to God. She's endured in this prolonged pain. I thought about my friends who are battling with sickness 
and it just seems like it won't go away. And maybe you're enduring and you're tired today. I wanna encourage you to wait, don't quit. So I think there's an important question we have to ask ourselves when we talk about waiting, and that's who are we waiting on? It's so important to know who we're waiting on. Isaiah 40 talks about it. Isaiah 40 talks about the comfort. He gives comfort to his people. And it says he's the God who knows every star, can count them all, not only can count them, but knows them by name. If he knows the stars by name, don't you think he knows your name? Don't you think he knows your name? It says that he holds the waters of the earth in the hollow of his hand. That's what Isaiah 40 says. Now think about that for a second. If the earth is made up of 70% or more of water, that is what's in the hollow of our God's hand. Right there. That is who we are waiting on. We're waiting on the one who does not grow tired or weary. Why is this important? Why are we talking this? Because if you know who you're waiting on, you will wait. If you know who you're waiting on, it changes your commitment level to wait. You know what? I will wait on king cake. Anybody else in here? But it's a certain kind of king cake I'll wait on. If there's a Randazzo's king cake anywhere around, all right, preaching now, I will wait on that king cake. Now, I can get a king cake at the neighborhood Walmart. It's a mile down the road from my house. But I'm not gonna wait in line for that one. Do you know, if you've ever been to the DMV, you see a lot of um, angry people. You know what I'm talking about? Because they're waiting. There's a lot of waiting time, a lot of angry people. There is one type of happy person in that room. You know who it is? It's the 16-year-old about to get their driver's license. They will wait until B7 is called. They do not care because they are waiting on the moment of freedom to drive. We will wait if we know who we're waiting on and if it's good enough to wait. And let me tell you, God is good. Isaiah says we're waiting on the Lord, the one who does not grow tired and weary. That word wait in Hebrew in this passage, because there's a lot of words for wait in Hebrew, but this word is kavah. And this word is not the waiting we think of. This word means to wait actively. To wait actively with anticipation, watching for God to act. This is like the two minute countdown when church starts. You just waiting. You're on the edge of your seat. You start standing up when it gets to 30 seconds because you are excited because church is about to start. How many are you excited to get to church this morning? This wait, this kavah is like the waiting that my three-year-old does when he's waiting on us to come into the room in the morning. He calls out, it's always, it's dad, dad. I don't know why it's dad. I spend more time with you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but then it turns to, if dad doesn't come, it turns to mom, mom. Now don't judge me, he can't get out of bed yet. He's three, but he's still in a crib. We just haven't moved him to the big boy bed yet. But he is waiting. His hands are on the edge of the crib. His neck is craned. And he is waiting. And that's the waiting on the Lord that we're supposed to do in this scripture. It's not passive. It's not sitting on your hands. If you're struggling with waiting, I would say you might need to remind yourself who you're waiting on. If you're struggling, you can't figure out, I, I'm, I can't do this anymore. Remember who you're waiting on. It's active. 
You know, when I first read this passage, I wondered why is soar, run, and walk in the same scripture as wait? Those verbs do not belong with the word wait. But you know why soar, run, and walk is there? Because it's active. Isaiah 64, four says, for since the world began, no ear has heard, no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. That's the God that we wait on, the one who works for us. That's who we're waiting on. Now he might not grow tired and weary, but we do. We do. Even youth, Pastor Paul. Pastor Corey, I don't know where you are today, but the youth grow weary. They get tired. And you know, in my seasons of growing tired, I wanna be encouraged in the scripture. And I wanna find out, is there somebody in the Bible who God used that grew tired? So I'm I'm gonna do a little searching. Do y'all know I can't find hardly any that did not grow tired? So there's two common things to us. There's the desire to quit, and then there's quitting. Both are common to us. Both, maybe you're waiting on healing. Maybe you've been praying for a lost son or a daughter. Maybe you're waiting, you've been serving in church and you're wondering, hey, is there any fruit coming out of this? I'm tired, it's hard to get here early. I've been putting on this blue shirt and these kids sometimes, they have spit up and there's dirty diapers and there's all kinds of things and you're tired of waiting. But there's two things common and this is what I wanna talk to you about. When we run the race of life, there are three parts of the race. There's the starting line, there's the middle of the race, and the finish line. And if you're taking notes today, these are the three areas we're gonna talk about where we go from wanting to quit to maybe quitting. And we're gonna look for these signs. Let's start with the starting line. We gotta realize that this is an endurance race. You know, the morning of the race of the marathon, I got, I got, there and I had to park really far away. Anybody ever done the Louisiana Marathon in the room? Have you ever been a spectator? Okay, got a few hands, few marathon runners. When you show up, you have to park far away. And I'm thinking, I don't wanna lose any energy. I want to like, I was literally walking like this. Don't use any muscles. You gotta use it. Y'all, this is serious. People are serious about this. And you get there and they are in trash bags to keep warm. There are people um, jogging at the starting line. And I look over at my friend, I'm like, why are they jogging? The race hasn't started. She said, they're, they're warming up. Why do you need to warm up for 26.2 miles? I'm gonna get plenty warm when I start. I don't need to warm up, but these people are serious. And most people don't get there to that marathon that day and show up and say, ah, I'm good. I did it, I showed up for the starting line, got the gear, I look real good, but, but I'm out. They don't usually start there. Now making the decision to run the marathon is one thing, right? Making that decision and the training leading up to it, but they don't get there to the starting line and then say, I'm out. I thought about my husband and those of you who haven't met him, Andy, can you stand up for a second? Some people don't know who he is. This is my husband, he is awesome. I thought about the day he proposed to me. In December 2009, he got on one knee. It was a really sweet moment. He had these little Christmas gifts and he gave me one by one. If you wanna hear the story, I'll tell you later. Um, It was awesome. And if you don't know, I said yes. 
And then March 27th came and we got married and it was awesome. He said, I do. I said, I do. Now I want you to imagine for a second, we get there, we say, I do. And then we say, all right, peace. Enjoy your life. That was awesome. We celebrated. We had all the fun and now we're good. You see, that's the glitz and the glamour. That's the start. And you might be a new believer. You might have just started your faith journey. And you think, okay, this is it. I have this new hope. I was, I was dead. And now I'm alive. I have this new freedom. And then you face the world. And you realize, this is not quite what I thought it was going to be like. You see, I think we get in trouble when we think that salvation is the end of the race. It's the beginning. It's the start. I also think we get in trouble when we think that this race is a sprint. We got to realize that this is an endurance race. It's a long race. It's a race we have to train for. It's a race we have to get stronger. We can't run the race without accepting him but we have to continue to grow. Colossians 2, six through seven says, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue, everybody say continue. Continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong and the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Wait, don't quit. Wait on your growth realize that it is an endurance race. Don't quit. So if the starting line is about that realization that you're in an endurance race, then there's the middle of the race. And this, I do not like. I do not like the middle of the race. In fact, I have the best husband already. I, I introduced you, but I want you to know this man took four kids in car seats and drove all around the course to stop and to get them to yell and support me. It was the best. And he just showed up and we had this conversation before and somebody had warned me and they said, mile 18 to 21 in the Louisiana Marathon, you're gonna end up and it's gonna be in the middle of nowhere. You're gonna be in this neighborhood and it's gonna feel like no one's there. Even the runners are so spaced out, you might feel all alone. And so I said, Andy, please. Can you be at mile 18 to 21? Because then I'll have something to look forward to at that race. But what happens in the middle of the race? What makes us want to quit in the middle of the race? In the middle of the race is when most people quit. This is where most people quit. You feel like no one's there. You feel alone. And it's when pain comes. Oh, I hate pain. James 1, 2 through 4 challenges us to look at pain differently though. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Not just joy, great joy. When those troubles come your way, here's an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your what? Endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Everybody say, let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Pain means we're growing. What if we looked at pain differently? You know, I remember when I started working out and um, my friend was a wonderful trainer and she knew way more about things than I did, thank God for her. And I remember she told me, um, hey, are you sore? 
And I was like, yes, you killed me today. And I'm like, I'm waiting on the day where I don't get sore anymore. And she said, hopefully that doesn't come. If you stop getting sore, you stop growing. You stop getting stronger. What if we looked at pain differently? Pain is building our endurance. Now you may say, well, why does that matter? Why does that even matter? For pain, I don't even want to endure, so why does that matter? Because it's what God cares about, us making it to the end. Endurance matters, Matthew 24, 13, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. You see, Paul knew a lot about endurance. In the Bible, when we read about Paul, he describes in 2 Corinthians 12 this pain that just won't go away. How many of you feel that in your life? There's this thing I'm dealing with and it just won't go away. I'm in the middle of the race and I've been praying and praying and it seems like God won't answer. Well, Paul was where you are. And in 2 Corinthians 12, he doesn't actually say what he's going through. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses seven, it says, even though I've received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, I am strong. We know in this passage that that pain he's dealing with came from the enemy, but it was used by God for his purposes. What you're experiencing now might be from the enemy, but God wants to use it for his purpose. You have something left in your life. It won't go away. God wants to use it. Wait, don't quit, and allow God to use that pain. So in the middle of the race, pain comes. Also in the middle of the race, we run out of fuel. You remember those, those gel packs? Anybody, if you run in, you need these little fuel things that you take with you. I had a friend of mine tell me every six miles you need to get some food in you. You need to take in something. In Acts chapter nine, Saul, he was Saul then, is persecuting the church. We read about Saul who he is in God's name, he thinks, going and stopping Christians because he does not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And on the road to Damascus, Jesus meets Saul. And Jesus tells Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he tells Saul to go to a house, to the house of Ananias and wait there. Not only is he gonna wait there, but he's gonna be blind. Now Saul is there and Ananias comes and he prays for him to receive his sight and to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And I wanna read this to you because I think it's so cool. In nine, verse 18 through 19, it says, and immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. And the Holy, sorry, then he rose and was baptized and taking food, he was strengthened. Now, this type of strengthened in this, this scripture is talking about the food. How many love when you get to eat and you feel strengthened? This is the, the type of strength that we're talking about here. Paul had to refuel physically, 
But immediately he starts preaching Jesus. And look what happens in verse 22. Few verses later, it says, but Saul increased all the more in strength. Now this strength is a different kind of strength. This is the fuel that he needed to continue to preach the gospel. Paul embodied Isaiah 40. He waited on the Lord. Can you imagine he meets Jesus, it's this awesome moment and and Jesus didn't stop him and say, hey, you're gonna be blind and hey, Paul, you're gonna write most of the New Testament. I've got big plans for you. That's not what he said. He said, get up and go to the house of Ananias. That's all he told him. And if I heard the audible voice of Jesus, I'd be like, can you give me a little more? But Paul embodied this. He waited on the Lord and the Lord renewed his strength. The strength to endure, the refuel that we need is the hope that is before us and it is found in the scriptures. Romans 15, four says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and encouragement they provide, we might have hope. You know, Isaiah 40 talks about us and it compares us to grass withering. And this is what it says. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. The word of God is our fuel church. In the middle of the race, when we can't go any further, the word of God is our fuel. It's the only thing that lasts. You know, when I'm running in the middle of a run, these negotiations start. When I was training for the marathon, I would literally set out to run like a seven mile training run and negotiations would start. I would be like, okay, how do I feel today? My legs feel a little heavy. This is not gonna be good. What does my watch say? You know, we have these smart watches and they tell us how we're gonna feel. And you look in it, mine, after one minute of running, it tells me if I'm where I am. Um, a positive two, negative two, negative three, are you in, like, wh- where's your heart rate at? I have these negotiations with my mind, right? And how do, how do I feel is a great question to ask yourself when you're in the middle of the race. But as long as it's followed with what is the truth, It is good to know how you feel, but it has to be followed with what is the truth. See, feelings change, but the word of God lasts forever. So when we get tired, we refuel. And when we say, God, when are you gonna answer my prayer? We remember that the work that he started, he will finish. That's Philippians 1.6. We go to God's word. When we think things are stacked against me, we know if God is for us, who can be against us? That's what we do. We go to his words. We wait, we don't quit. But then there's that favorite part of the race. The starting line, the middle of the race, my not so favorite. But then there's the finish line. I love the finish line. How many of you like the finish line? Like that tape? I've never been able to break it. Somebody already did. I'm way after they finished. But let me just tell you, at mile 18 to 21, my husband fulfilled his promise And at mile 18, I saw Andy Stroop and I saw Myla, River, Briggs, and Chapel. And I saw some friends of mine. I saw so many people who were there and they were just like, yes, you're still running. It's been a long time. And they are just, oh, it was my joy. They were at mile 18. 
And I was running on that high and excited. And then I got to mile 19, I realized, oh my goodness, I've got to run 19 to 26.2. That point two matters, y'all. And I just saw them for the last time. And y'all, I was, I was emotional. I was tired. And when you're training for a marathon, you don't ever train full 26.2. The longest run I'd ever run was 20 miles. And at mile 21, I'm running and I'm tired. I don't wanna run anymore. And I hear Stroop. And it's my husband again. I don't know how he does it. Got him in the car seats again and drove. I hear Stroop and my kids are waving. But then I hear another voice. I hear Marla. And I look over and it's my dad. My dad showed up. He doesn't live here. He didn't tell me he was coming. He shows up at mile 21. When I was at the end of my training, couldn't go anymore, I hear the voice of my father. And now y'all, I started crying. I'm not an emotional person, I don't cry. Somehow 26.2 miles will do it to you. I was bawling like a baby. It's my dad. Like I've, I saw him three weeks ago. It's not that big of a deal. But it was my dad. He showed up at the end of my training when I was at my limit. You see, we find our strength when we find our weakness. The voice of God comes in and the hope knowing that he endured so I can endure. He has been there before us. He's endured the pain. He's ran the race. He's even had to refuel. He's been there before us and he will be there with us to the end. We only endure because he endured. Hebrews 12, I wanna read this as I close. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set for us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. You might say it's over. You might wanna give up, but he, he's the only one that says those words and he said it is finished. He's run the race, he's been there for you. Wait, don't quit. Know who you're waiting on, church. The one who holds the waters of the earth in the hollow of his hands. I know that, I can wait. I can wait on that. You know, wanting to quit is normal. I've been there, I've wanted to quit. I've ran out of fuel. I've experienced the pain. And there's people in this room that you are tired today and you wanna quit. And I'm convinced that he is worth waiting on. Thank you for listening. 
take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.